0: On behalf of the pastors and churches of Kodiak community, we bring you a Good Friday Remembrance Service to honor and remember why we celebrate Easter. You see, we wouldn't have Sunday Easter celebration. We wouldn't have all of the good that we get to celebrate without what Christ did on that Friday before. See, there wasn't anything good about that Friday. It was suffering and punishment as Christ was put on the cross for you and me. What makes Good Friday good is that God sent His one and only Son to die for our sins, for the world's sins, past, present, and future. I'm so thankful. Thankful that you joined us today. May God be with you. May God continue to be hope and provide for you, even during this time. Join me in prayer as we get started. Father, thank you for being here with us. You say where two or more are gathered, there you are also. And I am so thankful that we are gathering in your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, Father, thank you for blessing. Thank you for speaking even today through your word to us in prayer, to the body of Christ, the church of Kodiak. Father, I thank you for this time of unity that we get to just love you and love one another. Father, I thank you for protecting our area. And Father, I, if it's your will, I ask that you continue to just show yourself. Provide a miracle for Kodiak. Father, thank you for letting us see how you're at work in this community. And Father, thank you again for what Christ did for us on the cross. Thank you that we have a Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: and peace to you all from the people of St. Paul Lutheran Church on this Good Friday we share together in this electronic fashion. It may seem odd to ask today but do you remember the Christmas story? Do you remember it? It may seem a long time ago given this virus pandemic that's been passing among us but it was really only three months. But remember part of that Christmas story was the angel of the Lord coming to Joseph and telling him that he is to name his child Yeshua, as it was pronounced in Hebrew, Jesus, as it was pronounced in Greek, Jesus, as we pronounce it in our language. But in any language, that name has a meaning. The meaning of the name is, he saves. Today, we contemplate that same person, Jesus, the one who saves, hung on the cross. We will learn in three days that Jesus has truly earned his name, the one who saves, as he does for us what we could not possibly do for ourselves. So on this day, on this Good Friday, we come to see the God who has made himself in our image, and we see what God's grace and mercy looks like on our terms. God endures all things of this life through his Son, Jesus. He does this for you, for me, and for all of creation. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord God, for Jesus. May his sacrifice on this day be a blessing for all, that we may praise the name of Jesus and come to know him as he truly is, the one come to save us and to finish your work in the world.
2: Amen. Uh, Good afternoon. Uh, I'm Pastor Roni Harden, Sr. I'm the senior pastor of Abba Fathers Christian Fellowship Church here in Kodiak. Uh, I was pleased to to have been asked to participate in our Good Friday's uh, annual service. Uh, This is my first opportunity to do so, but uh, I'm ecstatic about you know, what God is doing here in our community uh, among us and just unifying the body of Christ. And so the portion that I was asked to uh, share was concerning Father, forgive them, which is coming from Luke chapter 23, verse 34. It says, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Now, here Jesus was preparing to inaugurate his kingdom through his death. And the place on his left and his right were being taken by dying men, two criminals. And I do believe the purpose for this was the, to show that Jesus's death was for all people. And just shortly before this, Jesus was exp- had explained to his two disciples uh, a person who wants to be close to him, must be prepared to suffer and to die. The way to the kingdom is via the cross. In the midst of this agonizing process, Jesus was still concerned about the souls of his people. The very ones who who was preparing to crucify him, the very ones uh, a few days earlier were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. We're now saying crucify him, crucify him. Even in his final moments of life, he was interceding on their behalf by asking the father to forgive them. This was a prayer for the pardon of his murderers. This prayer must have been uttered just uh, after he was nailed to the cross. Because when I think about it, what divine love in in a prayer springing right out of the death of his physical suffering. What so, was so unique about this prayer is that only Luke reported it in his gospel. Jesus, who was most compassionate and benevolent in his life, was also kind and forgiving in his death. I truly believe that Jesus had a full understanding of, of his assignment that had been given to him by his father. That from the very beginning and the foundation of the earth and the creation of man, there was a chasm that had been, been wrought between man and the father. And, and this was the, 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 the healing balm, the antidote to restore relationship. He desired everlasting salvation, even for his murderers. And for this, he was, he was willing to give his life. He was so gracious to forgive them because he understood that they had no clue, they had no idea, they had no understanding of of who he was or or what his purpose or even why the Father had even sent him here. They knew not what they do, he said to his Father. They didn't know or they didn't understand that they had rejected the Messiah. And had prepared to slay him. But this very act had, had doom brought doom to their city and to their nation had brought destruction. As a matter of fact, if you look at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12, it says, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he has poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bared the sins of many and made intercession for his transgressors. See, this is the, the very example that, that we as the saints of God, that we as people of God, have to, have to live out on a daily basis. Having the willingness to, to forgive. To, to, to fill in chasms and, and, and breaches to restore relationships. Just as we live today, we are required to forgive those who harm us, who misuse us, who who bear false witness against against us. See, forgiveness is the way of the kingdom. Forgiveness is the way of the Lord. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a conscious decision that was made by Jesus even as he was hanging on the cross. He asked his father to forgive them. The word of God requires us to to bless our enemies. And I know for some, this is very difficult. But in order to demonstrate the love and the character of Christ, this has to be one of the foremost uh, uh, responsibilities that, that we have to our sister, our brother, our neighbor. It's a heart to forgive. the desire in our our heart to restore relationships, to restore community, and to restore hope. Even when people do evil unto us, we must pray according to Genesis, chapter 50, verse 17. It says, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespasses of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespasses of the servants of the God of thy father. None of us get it right every time. None of us are perfect. But w- forgiveness is a conscious decision. It's a choice that, that we as the people of God, that believe God, that trust God, that, that live according to Jesus' example. Forgiveness is a requirement. It's a choice. And as we learn to forgive, as Jesus did, we will learn to love one another unconditionally. Love agape, the God kind of love. Loving each other in spite of ourselves. So forgiveness is the way of the cross. Amen?
3: From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, beginning with verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him and said, Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered, truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of the Lord. Now it's good for us to have preachers and teachers, but no one can teach us like the Holy Spirit now I implore you as your friend to ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom and discernment before and during your scripture readings. The key to my opening verse, you know, my opening passage is verse 43. Truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus is racked with pain, beaten, bruised, and betrayed, paying the price for our redemption. He had not yet He had not yet resurrected. The temple curtain had not yet been torn. He had not yet ascended to his father. The dictionary describes paradise as a place of comfort. A biblical description of paradise is found in Genesis chapter 2. In chapter 16 of the book of Luke, Jesus shares the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, illustrating the difference between Hades and paradise. Focusing on verse 26 of Luke chapter 16, which says, And besides all this, between us and you is a great chasm that has been set in place. To those who want to go from here to you, cannot nor can anyone cross over from there to us. Paradise is also known as Abraham's bosom, where John the Baptist and all those before him reside until the death and resurrection and ascension of Christ our Lord.
4: This is not
3: casual coffee time. This is not tea at Tiffany's. This is Good Friday, the crucifixion of Christ, As it is written in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, search out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Search the scriptures yourself. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal God's word and will. As Bible-believing followers of Christ, it is important that we know and understand the difference between Hades and hell. Both Mark and Luke wrote about being cast into hell where the fire never goes out. King James says, never quenched. Hell is not even open yet. In Revelation chapter 20, it identifies hell as the lake of fire. Now Abraham's bosom, the promised paradise, it's now closed due to the death and resurrection of Christ, which changed the very need of that. Now I submit to you as your friend. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8. We are confident, I say, and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Now, I personally like the New King James Version, which says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Now, I close with Ecclesiastics chapter 12, verse 7. And the dust returns to the ground from which it came, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Blessings, my friend.
5: Seeing his mother there with the disciple whom he loved, Jesus said to his mother, "Woman, there is your son." In turn he said to the disciple, "There is your mother." From that hour onward, the disciple took her into his care in his last moments of agony. Jesus was concerned for the pain of his mother and for providing for her material needs. I invite you." As you reflect on this song to appreciate the pain of Mary but in the third verse there's more voices than one there's a low male voice I invite you to hear as the father's voice suffering and the death of his son and other voices as all the heavenly host sharing in that suffering
0: On this Good Friday, I want to share with you what Jesus spoke to us in Matthew 27, 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, Lemus sabachthani? that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, in these words, as Jesus is on the cross, In his last hours, these words show us that our God of the universe sent his one and only Son who is fully man and fully God, and he's bearing the full weight of our sins, of the world's sins on his shoulder. But interesting enough, during this excruciating time of pain, with the nails in his hands and in his feet, as the sky turns dark, Jesus models for us, for each of us, what we would do in times of pain, of suffering, of isolation, of confusion. These words that he actually speaks, he's quoting Psalm 22. It says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, I find no rest. Or night, am I not silent? Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried out and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame more than a thousand years before Christ was crucified, there was a prophecy that pointed the way of the coming Messiah who would suffer for all of Israel, for all of us today. And Jesus on the cross speaks these words, pointing us to remember the prophecy, remember what our God had promised, that He would send the one who would bear the weight of our sins, of the world's sins, our past, present, and future sins, that He would once and for all suffer for us. So as Jesus is on the cross and He says, My God, why have you forsaken me? He goes back and speaks the word, speaks out a psalm to remind us of the prophecy To remind us He is fully God and fully human, yet He is bearing this pain for us. He is leaning into God's Word. Let us today, as we remember what Christ did on the cross for us, let us remember that He pointed the way and He he said, I have suffered for you. You are not alone. Our God is with us. Our Father God is with us. He is modeling that we can trust and lean into God during the dark times, during the times where we might be suffering. But I am so thankful today, as Christ was on that cross and He was suffering, that it was God's plan. It was God's purpose. And that we can trust in that. And He pointed the way to God's Word. So the question is this, are you trusting in leaning in to God's word and his plan and his purpose. Even as Christ proclaims, why have you forsaken me? We often feel that, and he's letting us see the man's side of our suffering, of sometimes how we feel alone. But we all know how the story ends. You are not alone. Christ wasn't alone, and God's plan is bigger.
6: reading from john chapter 19 verse 28 after this jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished that the scripture might be fulfilled said i thirst now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on his and put it to his mouth this passage not only fulfilled prophecies deep and rich in meaning, from the sponge to the sour wine to the hyssop, but here it showcased the humanity of our Lord Jesus. Jesus at that time hung on that cross for over six hours without a drop of water. And now he says, I thirst. It reveals the humanity of Jesus. It is not hard to accept the deity of our God. Fully God, healing the sick, raising the dead. However, his humanity is quite a different story. It is not as easy to understand because of our own humanity. Our humanity that screams, why so much cruelty? Is there any other way to death besides the cross? At first, this statement reveals one thing, the intensity of the cross. This statement brings us back to the cruel form of execution. Invented by the Persian and perfected by the Romans, one of the physiological result of crucifixion is dehydration. The crushing positioning of the body, the laceration of the veins, the punctured organs has caused so much loss of fluid that the brain is screaming, I thirst. Let us remember this. Jesus, our Lord, endured thirst so that you and I can be satisfied. In John chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus said this, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Because Jesus endured thirst, you and I can be satisfied. Because Jesus endured thirst, you and I will have in us and flowing out of us a fountain of living water.
7: Before we do this last, this last worship song, uh, I just want to draw your attention to the title. It's How Deep the Father's Love for Us. And that's a, such a simple title, but n- no truer words have ever been spoken or written, I can say. Because it's, it's beyond fathomable by the human mind of how deep his love truly is for us. So just reflect on these words as we see. Chosen one, bring many signs to glory.
4: Pastor Borgie home with the Alaska Assemblies of God. I'm reading this morning from John 19, verse 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. This statement that it is finished, it is Jesus's declaration as he is finishing his life's work. And it is a declaration of triumph in the midst of terrible suffering. Can anyone relate to that? Today, as we face great suffering, let's look at this as an example to us. And let's find out how Jesus finished. He finished with obedience. He was obedient even unto death. Philippians 2.8 says he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death on a cross. And likewise, we need to stay in obedience during this trial. Friends, this is not a time to let ourselves be dragged into sinful ways of coping With the pain and the stress that we're feeling, it's not a time to be dragged again into addictions that God has already freed us from. If you need help, you can call someone, you can get accountability, you can even call our Kodiak Community Services team. And you can throw yourself upon Jesus and ask Him to give you the strength and resolve to do the Lord's will. Give you the strength to persevere in obedience Jesus also finished with purpose. Mark 10, 45 says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Friends, he wasn't just concerned about his own survival. He was on a mission and he was focused on others until the end. Our question facing us these days is will we stay on mission or will we just be consumed in our own, in our own worries, in our own self-preservation? You know, we live in a time of tremendous spiritual, physical, and material needs. And so as followers of Jesus, we must continue reaching out in interceding, sharing, and encouraging other people. We need to persevere and remain in our purpose. And Jesus, lastly, finished with hope. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, What future joy did Jesus think of when he hung on the cross that kept him there? You know, I believe it was the glory of the Father. I believe it was many things, but I believe a big part of it was us, his children. I believe he looked down through the centuries, and he saw generations of sons and daughters being reconciled to God. Jeremiah 29:11 is a familiar and favorite passage for many people, but often we forget that this promise was given in a time of national crisis. And it's still a promise for us today, my friends. Jeremiah 29:11 says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. There is a future and a hope for us. And we need to remember that there will be an end to what we're going through right now. And will we remain like Jesus? Will we finish with hope? This hat is one of my most precious earthly possessions. It belonged to my great uncle, Houston Vaughn who served and died in World War II. And I've often looked to that generation for strength and courage to face what we're going through right now. And perhaps future generations are gonna look at us and see how we endured the challenges of our day. And we're gonna tell the stories of how God kept us strong and how God kept us faithful. We're gonna tell posterity how we were able to endure this crisis. And so today, let us resolve to finish in triumph like Jesus did. Let us finish in obedience. Let us finish in purpose. And let us finish in hope. Amen.
8: What Jesus endured on the day of his crucifixion was not good in terms of his human experience but it was great in light of what it procured for us in the eternal realm, purchasing our redemption with his blood. As I reflect on the sufferings of Christ, I can't help but recollect that glorious day many years ago when I, as a little boy, heard and believed the message of his gospel and accepted his blood as payment for my sin. If you, too, have trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, then I encourage you to take a moment right now to connect your reflections on the sufferings of Christ to the memory of your own personal salvation. And in so doing, give God the great thanks that is rightly due Him. If you have not yet put your trust in Christ for salvation, then I invite you to do so now. Believing that Jesus truly died and rose again, please join me in calling upon Him by faith and through prayer, saying something like this. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner, and I'm sorry for my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again for me. And The best I know how, right now, I am trusting in and depending upon you to impart to me forgiveness and eternal life. Please come into my heart with your spirit and wash away my sin with your precious blood. Make me a new creation in Christ and help me to please you with the rest of my days. If you have just taken that step of faith, calling on Jesus to be your savior, please let us know so that we can help you to grow in your journey of faith. And for all who have joined us for this Kodiak Community Good Friday service, we thank you for worshiping with us today. Please join me now in a closing prayer. Dear God, we thank you so much for your unconditional love for us and for the demonstration of that love on the cross of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for being obedient even to the terrible death of that cross. Please use what has been shared here today to deepen each of our personal appreciation for what it cost you to purchase our so great a salvation. We ask this in the exalted and mighty name of our resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.